Hello and welcome to Postscript World on Fire. This is Season 1, Episode 7. I'm Fred Fijin along with Matt Wilson. Hey, Matt. Hi, Fred. How are you? I'm doing well. This is the, just to get it in one more time, this is the episode following the penultimate episode, <laughs> or as the kids say, the finale it's of Season word. 1. It's a good word. Yep. What a <laughs> strange season finale. Yeah, I almost want, I mean, it was eventful, but it was kind of uneventful. I feel like the end was uneventful. Yeah, it, it, often you'll see cliffhangers in, in sort of season wrap-ups, looking forward to the next one. And this one fell short, fell a little short for me. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to put myself in the context of when this, again, when it originally aired in the spring of 2020, I remember getting um, a lot of feedback from viewers saying, when is this coming back? And, uh, and and it's shocking. I mean, I mean, it's not shocking. We know why. It, I mean, it, for reasons beyond anyone's control, the the pandemic right. uh, really slammed the brakes on the production. And as you could probably tell from watching this season, uh, there is a lot that goes into this. And I'm sure if they have to retake some things that require blowing things up, uh, that <laughs> probably takes a bit of time to blow something up and then put it back together just to blow it yeah. up again. Um, so, so between that and and COVID and uh, you know getting you know, then getting all the actors and actresses on on the schedule to do it again uh, for season two, which we will uh, be appreciating very soon. Um, it just seemed so with all that said, it just seemed like, I mean, it was a cliffhanger, but it wasn't like I was, um, it certainly wasn't chewing on my teeth. Yeah. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I was just like, Oh yeah. Okay. They're running through the woods and there's guns going off because there's always guns going off yeah. and then credit roll. Yep. Humble opinion for what it's worth. Didn't quite work for me, but we'll, we'll talk through some of that. Should we play name that episode? Sure. It's all been right. a while. Name that um, episode. I'll I'll do a device I've done before, which is where where did uh, Tom go? Where's Tom? Where <laughs> yeah, um, Tom? where in the world is Tom? That's yeah. one of the uh, the the takeaways I had was we don't see it's him just, this episode. Yeah, it's in Spain somewhere. He's in Spain somewhere, but it's just it's. I know there's there's a lot of characters and they try to rotate through all of them, yeah. but it's just it's weird how it's just sometimes they're. You just don't see them. That has been, to me, the crux of this series so far. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of characters. There's a a handful of locations as well, which is not usually a problem. One of my recurring minor frustrations is how they go overboard on linking the characters through abstract family relationships or chance encounters and things. And I know you kind of have to do that to try to piece the different scenes and sub-stories together to some way. But... Often it was just a little stretch too I kind of groaned when when Harry, you know, he's on this top secret yep. mission. There was all this buildup in, in episode six. And and so then he, you know, get his, he got his affairs in order, which we'll, we'll get to separately, of course. But um, so he's there and he, you know, he deals with encountering some, some Nazis, um, takes care of them, and then finds this shed or whatever it is uh, that that he's supposed to go to and then so he gets there and then the the uh, you know Cassia comes around the corner all I did was groan yeah. I was like oh of course yeah, of the course and then I was like it's ex- a TV show yeah. extract a key group of freedom fighters <laughs> or resistance fighters that's what he was told back in England so well, of course it's Cassia right so somehow her little mission of you know picking off one guy at a time became this key freedom fighter thing but I, it, it was meant to happen right it was it meant to happen right TV back to where they started yeah um, the two were together in episode one. We wondered if they would ever see each other again. 
was not a shock. I, see, I did kind of chuckle a little bit, but not not a shock to see. See, and I figured that would be the cliffhanger. Like, they are so close to catching up to each other, mm -hmm. but we don't see it. Would have been a much better. That, that I yeah. thought, would have, I would have, that would have. Call us. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Start writing. Right. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, the, I, I, but so they get together. Uh, they, um, you know, Cassia, uh, you know, Harry's, I'm sure, very delighted to see her. And I, I guess she is as well, but she certainly notes how she is a changed woman. Yeah, I think she is too. I, I think any, any memory of the past, any sense of peace. Um, but yeah, she speaks well of um, the old Cassia being dead. You know, the war has, has changed her. Mm -hmm. She talks of the choices she made, and she believes they had the right choices, but the cost of those choices was the person she used to be. Right, and we see that come through in other characters, uh, you know, sh being shell-shocked or just dealing with the trauma of death and destruction mm -hmm. all around them. So this is a lot of weight that she's going to be carrying right. for probably the rest of her life. Yeah. And Harry takes it in well, I think, before they kind of get separated on the hillside. He tells her, you know, okay, I get all that. So forget the old selves. Let's just do this to get you out of here, get you back to Jan. Just some sense of, you know, in homage to what we were. But there isn't a whole lot of effort from him to push no. her on the romance side. It's like, let's just get out of here. Well, yeah, they're in a war zone, yeah. right? Uh, now's not the time or place. But it, I, I, I got the facial feature of, of Harry or the look that it was like, I came all the way back to find you, and you're like, yeah, I'm a different woman now. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> think he knew it would be her, right? I mean, maybe I hope he not. had a, a, an idea of while I'm here, I'll go try to find her. But I... He, I, I'm gonna guess he was as surprised to see her at yeah, show up sure. there than than anybody. So, and I just uh, well, you know we'll move on in a moment here, but the way the camera kept flipping back to that truck, yeah. I was like, something. Yeah, this something is not right. something. Something is in the back of that truck, and yeah. then so that's how the episode ends. Yep. Uh, so where do you want to back? So the the other groups I thought would be interesting to talk about. Nancy has a, a fairly strong thread throughout this episode, and mm. then the whole Lois, Douglas, Vernon, baby girl scenario I thought was sort of interesting a little bit too. But let's talk Nancy a little bit. Okay. Um, so we learn a little bit more about her. We see She's a got side a son. of her. She she has a son. Yeah. Um, who we, I don't think we've met as a character yet, but who knows? Maybe we actually have. It'd be the next little tangled weave. Um, but she has an opportunity, or or the I say opportunity is a wrong word. She she finds herself sharing with Webster a bit of her history, um, in the vein of defending to him of her efforts on behalf of of Webster and Albert, and that she took not great offense, but she she really wanted to resist the idea that she hadn't tried enough. She she related back through her own experience of being sexually assaulted uh, on a job in in the work field in Portugal earlier in her career. Um, and then being faced again with that threat through this jerk guy from, from uh, Germany, her handler. Her um, censor. Yeah, her censor. She used the term handler, but you're absolutely yeah. right. Censor is, is a, an actually better term. Um, resists that strongly, puts a steak knife to a sensitive area to get him to back off. Knows that's not going to pan out well for her. You know, She says she may not have a job to go back to. She, she knows things are going to be different. But yeah, she... With all of that that we learned about her, we saw her stand up for herself, certainly, trying to stand up for Albert as well. Um, yeah, did not take well in that brief conversation of, of Webster challenged her on, you know, why didn't you do more? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he came around. I think I think the emotions just got the better of yeah. him. Um, and, uh, yeah, what a slime ball 
Uh, yeah, I can't we'll remember the guy's that. name is, but it doesn't matter. Uh, He's a jerk. Is it Siebert? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose he feels gutsy. They're in, you know, they're in this fancy restaurant surrounded by a bunch of German troops. So he's like, I can probably do whatever the heck I want now. Yeah, no, he knows it. He's right. Um, and we see a different side of Nancy um, earlier in the episode. Oh yeah, Germany. Uh, so she's at the Rosler funeral, and Klaus, Klaus comes is home. There. Yeah, yeah, Klaus got pulled back from the front, I guess. Um, and she really has a neat conversation with him. Um, he expresses all kinds of remorse and guilt about being part of the war effort and not agreeing with it at all, seeing what happened to his family. Kind of um, confirming what we thought Yeah, we, we, we had suspicion that he yeah. saw things differently, and, and certainly the personal aspect of it now probably makes it feel much more worse for him. Uh, she tries to comfort him a little bit, you know, all, all you can do is what you can do. Um, but, you know, strong sense of Klaus of realizing what he's inadvertently become part of and just a lot of survivor guilt and guilt by association um feel bad for the guy yeah i do yeah i mean i'm sure feels very helpless and mother and sister are now deceased and that's difficult so um i think the the last group then or the next biggest group to talk about is just going back to the whole lois douglas Robina. Robina, Vernon, so the, the Manchester crowd, I guess we'll call them, although I'm sure the airbase that Lois visits, well, he does show up at the house. So they're they're all there somewhere. Um, interesting little, call, we'll call it a love triangle necessarily, but this this to me is about um, Robina representing like the old way, the old way of thought, the old way of life. Lois, especially um, in, in the family connections with Douglas, kind of the, the new way. So the the class structures, the the high and high and mighty kind of structures of society, maybe you know, old England, a thing of the past. Who knows? This isn't necessarily a show about that, but we definitely see Lois struggling to come to grips. No, Robina struggling to come to grips about the new way of life for the kids these days. And Lois sticks up for herself really well. She's she's mm-hmm. very clear with everybody, Harry and Robina, that she's not there for money. She's not there for support. She knows what she wants to do. She would be open to connections to some degree. Um, But there is a moment um, where Robina does come to visit the baby. And Mm -hmm. it's a comedic moment at times. (laughs) You want to hold the baby (laughs) for what? Um, But uh, Robina does offer Lois an envelope of money, money, we assume, and Lois takes it. And, And the conversation is about you know, conscious versus common sense. Mm-hmm. And and Robina just kind of being like, look, we can have philosophical debates, we can have discussions about this, that, and the other thing. Let me just help you with this. Right. right. I think I think it's a nod that Robina understands that, that Lois isn't coming around looking for money. Right. Um and but and Robina's just saying, look, I okay, that's great and I probably appreciate that. But here here, you know, right. I'm trying to just take the high road and right. help support the baby. Right. Now here. Lois is a little suspicious at first. She she yeah. takes it as a form of bribery, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there there's a small conversation about Jan in particular trying to keep the news from him that his sister's husband also has a baby with a different it's the it's whole it's the whole complicated thing, right? Um, Jan seems like he's doing okay. Um, Speaking English, English is really well. Um, yeah. uh, I do like. Um, well, we'll hold that thought. I don't want to tangent off away because the whole Lois Vernon storyline I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I mean Lois. Uh, I think kind of again 
staying on that track of, um, you know, I can handle this myself and, you know, more power to her if that's the route she wants to go, of course. But, you know, and I think she initially goes to seek him out to say, you know, thanks for the offer, but, you know, I'd, I, you know, I'd like to stay connected with you, but otherwise I'm going to do my own thing. Um, but I think in the, the heat of the moment, you know, it almost seemed like he wasn't coming back. Uh, somehow finds a bike, <laughs> makes his way back to the airbase. Indestructible, uh, and right, and and I think that that really captures the moment there. That, yeah, um, yeah. Their first meeting, Lois is really insightful, introspective. She says, "Look, it'd be so easy for me right now. I'm I'm weak. I'm lonely. I'm tired. It'd be just so easy to say yes, come come help me.' Right. But she didn't want to make that decision in that mental state. Right. I think she wanted to buy herself some time. Um. And some time passes, and, and she puts some thought into it, apparently, or is just moved by the thought of maybe not having Vernon around because there's that moment where everybody thinks he might have been shot down. And maybe there was that thought of, oh, I'm actually sad about the idea yeah. of him not being around. So the, maybe that means something, you know. She got but all she the says, feels. Yes. Yeah, she finally <laughs> accepts his courting. Uh, seems like a good guy. We don't know much about him. He's he's thoughtful. Um, he he. Stands up for her. He does. He does. He says some uh, interesting things. He says, you know, I, I don't even <laughs> need you to love me. Just let me love you. Like, let me help you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we'll see where this goes. Um, you know, obviously there's some risk of being a military pilot and, and leading up to uh, what's hinted at the very start of the episode, uh, the start of the Battle of Britain, where we think that Germany will begin the, the push across the channel to yes. England, which, spoiler, does not go re- very well for them. Tanks don't fly or swim. No, no, surprisingly. Um, But yeah, for now at least, there is an accepted proposal of marriage, um, a surrogate father for the child, and uh, all seems maybe on the mend or on the upswing. Yeah, the baby is happy and healthy from what we can tell, and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mixed into this, of course, is Douglas, um, who we we still like. I I still like. I think he's he's what's not to like. Most likable characters in the show for for different reasons. We learn a little bit more about him and his his background. Um, he takes so. I was trying to. I only watched the episode once, but I was trying to piece back through how this letter comes to Jan. Because there's a letter addressed to Jan that gets to Robina's house, and somehow the letter says that Gregor's is here at a what they describe as a lunatic asylum. Right. And Jan was registered, I guess, in a refugee program. So maybe somehow Gregor's gave enough information. To connect the two, just by name, because he wouldn't have known address, he wouldn't have known anything. Right, we're led to believe in the previous, at least the previous episode, if not in another circumstance, that Harry did file some paperwork. Right, right. Um, uh, because that's how they circle back to him and and mine airdrop him into. Right. But however that happened, uh, the the two get connected, so paperwork arrives. Um, Douglas offers to take Jan to this this hospital to to connect the two brothers again. Um, Rubina says, "I can't go there." And Douglas says, "I wasn't going to ask you to." Like, yeah, yeah I was like, um, <laughs> uh, it is the same clinic we learned that Douglas was, was at after mm-hmm. the first war. He was treated. So this whole shell shock thing, yeah, I think we would probably consider it like post traumatic stress mm-hmm. disorder in, in today's terms. Um, there is a whole conversation we could have about stigma around mental health and, and concerns about that. Um, it, well, it certainly wasn't treated the way or handled or 
and you know was not done in the, you know that way. As yeah, it is now. I, I feel like, and there's better folks out there to talk about this, but I feel like the science around this has has progressed a lot significantly in the, in the almost yeah. hundred years since mm-hmm. um, how we treat these things, how we talk about these things. But in the day, they had specialized hospitals um, for all kinds of patients of, of mental issues. And Gregor's is there; he's doing okay. Um, Douglas talks to him a little bit. You, you said a minute ago, Douglas make, reaches out or uh, makes contact invertently with his doctor from the time. Doctor did not remember him as much. Has a great, uh, great little line. Doctor says to Douglas, "Can I help you?" And Douglas says, "You didn't help me last time. I doubt you could be any better now." <laughs> um, Douglas, obviously not fond of the experience, not not looking back at it as a helpful experience at all, but has a conversation with Gregor's after he and Jan have a chance to to connect again. And just talks him down a little bit, says it'll get better. Yeah. Gregor says, daytime's okay, nighttime is a mess. I have nightmares, you know, sleeping's tough. And Douglas remembers probably much of the same and, and just tries to say it, it will get better. I do think the the reunion of Jan and and Gregor's is probably one of the nicer moments. Actually in the made episode. me happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I smiled a little bit. I actually I was more ha- I was happier about that than I was Cassia and Harry, right. to be honest. Then when those two got back together I kind of groaned. These two I, yeah. I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And Gregor's has been a, a not a weird character to follow along with, but it's been tough to get a good read on him. We see him a little bit early, that disappears for a while. Has that sort of traumatic scene trying to board the boat at Dunkirk and then ends up here around Manchester. And yeah, I was just happy to see the two. Yeah. Um, Albert's still stuck in camp. I don't know that he's coming back, but this, I'll I'll jump on this. Um, The scene with him and Webster ends with Albert basically saying, just stop trying to help me. Yeah. Don't come back. Which I I feel like that was addressed in the previous episode. It was. Albert's been clear, I think. And the intention here, I think, started with Webster. I don't think it will work and it will just make things worse. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can magically spring me from this armed prison, you know, run by the Nazis. But it grew into more, I think, Albert's respect for everybody else in the the camp with him. I I think he has a line about Mm -hmm. loyalty to everybody else here. But what was interesting, and this is uh, leads me to a theme I've been kind of following along with through this first season, is the use of music throughout the show. And there were two, one one cracked me up, and I'll talk about that one in a second. But the first one was a bit more somber. Um, Albert has formed this sort of orchestra in the prison. Right. And there's a scene where they're actually playing a song called Boussois, which translates to Beautiful Evening mm. by Debussy, who is a French composer uh, a few de- would have been written a few decades before the okay. show takes place so them playing a french written song you know as sort of a nationalist strike back against yeah. the, the nazis a who were protest. in the audience i yeah. believe right it was a show for them but i thought that was a, a good selection of, of song choice <laughs> the other bit of music that floored me in this episode was lois and i've always enjoyed when lois sings over mm-hmm. other sort of you know, aspects of the show or other scenes where the lyrics of the song are pertinent or relevant to it. So she's prepping to start this song and I'm sitting, I'm taking notes, I'm getting ready to write down the lyrics. And oh, she goes to sing and just is hit with a, a contraction from, mm-hmm. from the, the baby and just <laughs> lets out that. this noise. Yeah. And it got me, I won't lie. Um, and it was, it was just such a set up expectations and then sweep the rug out from under. It was a really well-written moment. Um, and uh, just, yeah, cracked me up a little bit. Um, so music has been great through the show. Again, the, the choice of songs, the lyrics, tie in the scenes, really enjoyed that as a nice aspect of what is otherwise uh, a stressful show to watch at times. 
Yeah. Yeah. Less, uh, yeah, less stressful this time. I mean, there were a couple moments, but. Yeah. So what is this show? Like we, we've, we've finished up season one, seven episodes in, six more to come, I think through season two. But in essence, you know, it's about World War Two. But is it really? It doesn't feel like a war show. Right, right. It's more, you know, I think back to like history books or documentaries. Uh, it's very much focused on on what a country did, you know, mm-hmm. as a, a complete unit, mm-hmm. you know, what Great Britain did, what France didn't do or did do or, you know, uh, or how many tanks, you know, blew up this right. or how many planes fell out of the sky, you know, all those kind of things. But it wasn't, it's not individualistic stories right. about people. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, when we read the history books, it gets abstracted out and sanitized to some degree. Um, you know, Germany invades Poland, but what does that really mean? You know, it's not just they walked across a line and said, hey, we're here. Right. They had to fight their way in. Mm-hmm. And, and as we see, again, invading armies are not the neighbor coming to visit. They right. are, they are uh, it's brutal. And it's, it's shown, you know, very well, very clearly, I should say, through uh, the episodes of this season. Uh, so the war feels like a, a background character that shows up every now and then, but but certainly we see the implications of the war, the impact of the war on a lot of families and characters that we've we've grown to care about. Uh, it does feel like there's a couple of sub-themes running. The, the one is is maybe simplistic, but, you know, love versus hate. Yeah. Um, you see it at a personal level. Um, there's a lot of family connections we care about. We have Harry's not quite love triangle, but complicated situation. We see uh, Lois and Vernon. We see Cassia trying to figure out her her new needs and the old versus the new, Douglas and the love for his family and the care for everybody. Um, and then, obviously, at the much higher level, just the whole fascist movement of, of that strong message of hate from how they treat people, how they view people that are different or imperfect, and then their plans to just rid the world of those people. You, know, you don't get much stronger than that, I think. Right, and you're part of a machine. You're either part of it or you're not part of yep. it. Um, there's a theme of old versus new, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Robina, again, maybe highlighting some of the old way of thought or old way of life that as liberalism starts to grow through the, the 1900s, um, maybe we see new new decisions, new new patterns, new ways of life springing out. Um, and if this isn't a military war show or a military conflict show, it does creep up now and then, but it, it isn't always present. Um, maybe like a battle of hearts and minds might be a way of thinking mm. about the conflict that's present here. Um, you see this through propaganda, censorship. Um, you see this through you know the, the conflict of family ties versus patriotism, and, and where do my loyalty lies? You know, who should I love? Who should I follow? Uh, and how people decide what and how to resist. You know, the powers that be, whether right. that's in Germany, Poland, uh, France. Yeah. Right, and who to trust? And who it really trust? seems like yeah. seems like when you take a step back. I mean, by the end of the season, no one trusts anyone to some degree, uh, just because. And it's not because an individual character may have have caused distrust, but just because there's just so much destruction and violence all around. It's right. like, well, who can I tell something to? Someone, yeah. you know, and yeah. um Albert losing faith, maybe losing some trust in Webster. Right. Um, Lois not quite trusting Harry and Lois. I'm sorry, Harry and Robina mm-hmm. and Cassia. Um, do I even right. trust Harry? Is this is this where I want to go? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, all strong themes uh, make for an interesting show. Are we brave enough to do any predictions for season two? 
<laughs> I have watched I, nothing. I haven't watched yeah. a trailer, a teaser. No, I, I saw a trailer a just because okay. it's been force-fed to me. Right. Uh, so let's just do that. Okay. No, I mean, the only thing is uh, I've seen scenes with Harry. Okay. Uh, I yeah. thought that was pretty safe to figure yeah, that it he does feel will like at least survive show. into the first episode. Right. So, <laughs> so without going too strong into predictions, and obviously we're curious – uh, where Harry and Cassie will pick up, mm. whether that's literally on the hillsides in Poland or in a, a broader sense. Lois and Vernon? Lois and Vernon. Do they get married? Does something happen there? Does Vernon go off to fight in the air war and, and not make it back? Who knows? Tom? Tom, where is well, he? I wrote down Tom and all the young women in Spain because I think that's <laughs> what's on his radar, unfortunately. Gregor's, um, I'm curious. Gregor's and Jan. Yep. Jan wants to go fight in the war. Yeah. Uh, so now that time has, now, re, like you said, real world time has passed, but I'm not exactly, actually, that did not look up where we pick up at the start of season two. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, like, has everyone aged a year or two, or is this literally just months after right. season one ended? Yeah, they may. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, certainly changing actors out has been done before, but doesn't even necessarily need to be done. We'll see. Um, and then Robina and the baby, I wrote down. Will Robina start to warm up a little bit to her grandchild, or will it always be complicated for her? Who knows? I think it will be complicated. If there's anything, uh, any character I feel sure about, it's Robina. She just... Uh, <laughs> she is who she is. Huh? She is who she is. Right. She's been consistent throughout. And she's not in the war zone, so that's right. probably part of it, although they may change. That's I think into season it does, two. Maybe it is a little more abstract for her. Yeah, with that's her just something happening over her, over yonder. Mixed sympathies or, or confused sympathies. Uh, mm -hmm. It'd be interesting how she takes to things. So we'll find out, and uh, hopefully you'll find out along with us. Uh, we'll be back for season two. You can find all of that to come through uh, WITF, of course, in our area. Or if you happen to be listening to us from outside our region, your local PBS station, hit them up. Hopefully you've been enjoying PostScript. We hope you have. If you have questions or comments for us, you can contact us a bunch of ways. Email to postscript at WITF.org or just PS at WITF.org. You can find us on all the WITF social medias. Uh, if you happen to want to watch us for whatever reason, uh, find us on YouTube, the WITF Mosaic channel. You'll find PostScript. You'll find WF Music. You'll find all kinds of great arts culture content there that we hope you'll enjoy. Um, if you are enjoying the stuff and you want to help us make more content like this, please visit WITF.org slash mosaic. A lot of information about the program uh, and ways you can help support this and more. Give a shout out to Amy Beeler and John Ferreris on production. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon. See you soon. See you for season two.